following sermon was delivered at the 1030 worship service at the United Methodist Church of Kent. Please enjoy. After last week's message from our district superintendent, Reverend Angela Lewis, I feel I'm about to deliver part two of a sermon series entitled, Called to Follow, which was the title of her sermon. Last week, we were told God sometimes messes with us, causing us to feel uncomfortable when answering God's call to follow him. Trust me, no one feels more uncomfortable right now than I am. <laughs> but while God was messing with me as I developed and wrote this message, he also blessed me in ways I could never have imagined. The fact that my efforts written four months ago dovetail so nicely with Reverend Lewis's only emphasizes the fact that God is good all the time. And if some of you feel God is messing with you again today, and you feel a little uncomfortable for the second week in a row, then maybe God is trying to get your attention. With that, let me give you my thoughts on ordinary people called to do extraordinary things. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. According to the liturgical calendar, we are in the fourth Sunday after Epiphany, or the arrival of the Magi to honor the birth of Jesus. We are in a liturgical season of ordinary time, meaning we are not in the season of Advent, Christmas, Epiphany, or the season of Lent, Easter, Pentecost. There is no central theme to ordinary time, so the Sundays are numbered or ordered sequentially to help us keep track of them. This gives a mathematical basis for the term ordinary time. To most of us, ordinary time means, well, a regular Sunday. Sometimes it's hard to get excited about everyday days, and we need to remember that every day is a special gift given to us. In his book, Christmas Every Day, William Dean Howells tells us a story about his, this exact concept, holidays versus ordinary days. In the book, a child wishes every day could be Christmas and then learns that even Christmas can become ordinary and ho-hum when it's just like every other day of the year. Can we read anything into this by looking at Christ's purpose for picking ordinary people for his disciples? Peter and Andrew, James and John, 
were common fishermen who ended up living extraordinary lives. If you have taken the disciple classes, you are familiar with the theme of how Jesus repeatedly used the least, the last, and the lost, or common everyday people, to experience his miracles and benefit from his day-to-day -day teaching. The litany of people of faith listed in the Hebrew selection of our reading were Old Testament examples of ordinary people who were able to accomplish extraordinary things because of their faith. We tend to think that it's all fine and dandy for biblical times, but we see ourselves as ordinary people in ordinary times, except we are not. We are ordinary people called by God to do extraordinary things. The intent of today is to encourage us to be motivated to listen carefully to God as we enter a period of transition for our church family. And in case I startled you a little just now by reminding you we are called to do extraordinary things, let me reassure you that many amazing things happen in our church every week. Allow me to provide you with a few examples that I have personally experienced, past and present, of my ordinary church family doing extraordinary things. I have asked the persons I mentioned for permission to use their name, although it was around four months ago, and I hope they remember I was given the okay. 26 years ago, I first started attending this church. It was around this very same time of year, and I was in my last trimester of pregnancy with my daughter, Monica. And I was bringing three-year-old Melanie with me. Mary Jacoby had invited me to check out the United Methodist Church of Kent because she heard me lamenting, and that's putting it politely, at work one day about not getting anything out of my attendance efforts where I was. On the day I showed up, I was warmly greeted, recognized as a visitor, and asked to sign a register. While all this was happening, Sally Ruckman and children from her three and four-year-old Sunday school class were about to enter the sanctuary for the beginning of the service. And before I knew it, Melanie and I were a part of that group and participating in children's moment. And of course, Melanie wanted to join the other kids for Sunday school. I was able to listen, worship, and feel spiritually fed for the first time in years. At coffee hour, I found myself talking to Tom and Helen McGrew because Melanie saw their daughter, her new friend from Sunday school. Later in the week, 
after that first Sunday, I received a handwritten note from someone in the church thanking me for attending the previous Sunday and encouraging me to come again. I truly felt welcomed at this church. I started attending regularly and after my delivery of Monica would sit with her towards the back over there where Barbara Berger was inclined to sit. You see, Barbara had reached out to me and offered to, to hold Monica when my arms got tired and was a motherly and grandmotherly connection for me at a time when I still did not know a lot of people in the church. All of these people were doing ordinary acts of kindness and hospitality that had an extraordinary effect on my life. We continued to attend regularly, even though the girls were baptized and celebrated their first communions in the Catholic Church and attended St. Patrick's School, kindergarten through eighth grade. Sunday school teachers, Bible school teachers, and youth leaders. And you know who you are, and I am grateful for each and every one of you. You were all doing ordinary things that influenced both my daughters to choose to be confirmed in the Methodist Church and had extraordinary effects in molding their spiritual development. And speaking of extraordinary outcomes, how about that trash and treasure sale? <laughs> that sale has been an ongoing ministry for decades, raising tens of thousands of dollars through the years, all accomplished by people donating free treasures and countless hours of time. Are you aware that this year, along with the money raised, donations were made in the form of persons gleaning after the close of the sale? One individual took backpacks, small suitcases, blankets, hats, scarves, gloves, as well as toiletries to give to homeless individuals right here in Kent and Ravenna. We also honored a request for someone to glean clothing and shoes for Interval Brotherhood Home, an addiction recovery center in Summit County. Clients are provided nice clothing items as their recovery fosters dignity and encourages self-respect. Rebecca Circle also gleaned children's books to be delivered to Lecter County Schools in Eastern Kentucky, whose elementary and middle school libraries were devastated by the tornado and flooding last August. All of this was made possible by you, ordinary people doing what you think of as ordinary tasks, which God turns into extraordinary accomplishments just like our biblical counterparts from our scripture readings. Now there is a fairly major detail that I need to point out from our scripture readings in order to draw further comparisons. 
Hebrews 11 reminds us that it is by faith that people pass through the Red Sea. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. By faith, Rahab was able to hide and protect the Jewish delegates who came to scope out the promised land. And it was by faith that Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, shut the mouths of lions, escaped the edges of the sword, had weakness turned to strength, and became powerful in battle. Those are some very extraordinary accomplishments, but they were only achieved by faith. Faith that the Lord would help them complete the task they were called to do. Where does that kind of faith come from? Are we prepared to step out in faith when God calls us to follow? As the Apostle Paul reminds us, let us fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. In Matthew, we heard how Christ chose a few common fishermen to become part of his select apostles. Others who would join the group had different backgrounds, but were still common people. A tax collector, a zealot, today we'd call him an activist, a doctor, and a couple of guys, I'm not quite sure what they did. But they all chose to work for the advancement of Christ's mission. That certainly took some faith especially during and after the crucifixion of their leader. Along with epic faith, we know one thing for sure about the disciples. They were in constant contact and communication with Christ. They were walking and talking with him almost every day for years. And we know that they didn't always understand everything Jesus was trying to teach them. But they kept hanging out with him, kept questioning him, kept trying to learn from him. Are we doing that? Are we in constant communication with Christ? Are we working to develop an extraordinary, unshakable faith in our ability to do God's will. So, when God messes with you, are you afraid to step out in faith, step out of your comfort zone, to fill a need, bridge a gap, or right a wrong? John 14, verses 26 and 27 is a passage I have relied on to help me prepare for today. John reminds us God would provide the Holy Spirit as a comforter or advocate to help us, teach us, and remind us of God, Christ's word. We are given peace, not as the world gives, but real peace of mind, body, and spirit when we are in communication with God. Don't let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid 
I was pretty fearful of standing here and presenting this message to you. But this scripture is one of my favorites, and God has used it to help me step out of my comfort zone. Part of the fear that kept going through my head was the question of, is this message good enough? You know what I'm talking about. We don't step up to volunteer for, you fill in the blank for yourself. We don't want to volunteer because we fear our efforts will not be good enough. You know, Moses suffered from the same problem and gave God quite a list of excuses. He started out with, I am nobody, when he was asked to step up as leader. He followed with, I don't even know your name. How can I sound credible? He also tried, what if they don't believe me? And what if they don't listen to me? And my favorite, but I'm a terrible speaker. Moses finally gets to please send someone else because he just doesn't want to do it. These excuses would sound the same in many of today's situations. As you can see, not much has changed in the recruitment of volunteers over the millennia. We tend to feel our skills, efforts, and offerings are never enough when it comes to God. Reality check, they really aren't. I mean, this is God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, the great I am that we are talking about. We silly humans can't give the Lord enough to satisfy the debt of forgiveness and grace we owe him. This also is not a new problem. Our Old Testament scripture from Micah provides a list of over-the-top offerings for thanksgiving to the Lord, including thousands of rams, 10,000 rivers of oil, sacrificing our firstborn. Fortunately, these extreme suggestions are rhetorical and not meant to be taken seriously. So what does God really want from us? To act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with him. Walk humbly with him. In other words, he wants us to walk in faith with him, make right decisions without excuses, be in constant communication with him and include him in our daily lives. And if we are doing this, we can step out in fearless confidence to do what he asks. Because we are just ordinary people called by God to do extraordinary things. 
Please be in a word of prayer with me. Almighty God, how wonderful you are. We come to you in prayer to glorify your name, not because of what you do, but because of who you are. You call to us out of a love we cannot fully understand and with a desire for us to connect with you. When we slow down from the busyness around us, we are grateful for your presence in a gentle snowfall, singing birds, or the blessing of a spectacular sunset. Forgive us when our busyness, fearfulness, or unwillingness keeps us from hearing you, O Lord, or the cries of need from those around us. And forgive us from the greater sin of not knowing the depth of our need for your grace. Thank you, O Lord, for inviting us to walk with you and share our hearts with you. We thank you also for giving us an extraordinary purpose in that we are called to do what Jesus did, and that is to reach out to our families, communities, and the world at large in faith and discipleship. Lord, we ask your peace and healing for those who are sick or mourning. We pray specifically for the continued healing for Tim Price. We also lift up the leadership and members of the Lakeview United Methodist Church in Barberton, asking that their efforts be blessed by you. We pray all this because we trust and believe in you, our Lord and our Deliverer. Amen. Thank you for listening to this edition of the United Methodist Church of Kent Sermon Podcast. For more information about the church, visit www.kentmethodist.org.